I was on a flight, to, I think it was to Hawaii and it was like 10 hours. And the guy sitting in front of me every five minutes wrapped both his hands around the back of a seat. <laughs> okay. And he was blocking my screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of like, <laughs> and I'm not like a confrontational person, especially I have no idea what's on the other side. And he kept doing it. And then I was like, oh, I guess, and I, I said, well, may, at least I can get a picture of this for Instagram. Because <laughs> he's like literally these fingers over the screen. And I said, oh, you know, I'll come up with a caption like blocking my view of 500 days of summer. <laughs> and it kept happening, kept happening. The flight eventually lands, the doors open, paramedics rush on no. and start treating this guy. He'd no. been in some sort of agony the whole time. No. But there's a happy ending. I didn't post the picture. That is the voice of the great Todd Berry. I've known Todd for a long time. One of my favorite comics. I opened for him early in my career. We talk about that today. Uh, we talk about crowd work, which he put out a, a crowd work special uh, years ago. That's hilarious. And now crowd work is sort of like the all everything on social media. And I feel like he sort of pioneered the idea of filming that. Um, he has a new YouTube special out that is, uh, it's called Domestic Short Hair. It's on, it's free. It's on YouTube. Um, highly recommend it. This is a big week for announcements. I've just announced that The Old Man in the Pool is coming out on Netflix. I told everybody on Jimmy Kimmel Live. And uh, so it's been exciting uh, to tell everybody that because I've been, as you know, I've been working on it here with you for about four years. <laughs> it's been a long, long time. I've performed it on, uh, you know, out in, in outdoor shows and in indoor shows, standing on top of tables on Broadway, off Broadway, all over the world. And uh, now it's going to be on Netflix. Super proud of it. And then I'm going out on tour with an all new hour of comedy, which is currently called Please Stop the Ride. We're going to start it in Boston. By the way, the Boston shows, <laughs> they were called Christmas Parmesan. They're still called that, but it is part of the Please Stop the Ride tour. So, So don't go to Christmas Parmesan, and then be like, and then I got to go to D.C. and see Please Stop the Ride, because it's going to be eh, fundamentally the, the, the same tour. Um, also, I'll be in Big Sky, Montana. I think that's the first time in years I've played in Montana, uh, Vancouver, Seattle, Walla Walla, Portland, Oregon. I think those ones just sold out today. St. Petersburg, Florida. A whole bunch of shows in Florida. Jacksonville, Orlando. Uh, Miami Beach, <laughs> Jacksonville. By the way, it's one of the one of the only places where this is from. Thank God for jokes, where I got complaints about cursing too much. So if there's any Jacksonville listeners, um, there's not that much cursing in this show, if any. I don't know if there's any. So I, I think it's rel a relatively all ages show. That that show, I was paraphrasing someone cursing. So I think that put off some people in Jacksonville. Uh, I'll be in Jacksonville, Orlando, Miami Beach, and then I'm going skiing with my brother Joe, uh, or I should say he's going skiing and I'm performing comedy in Aspen, Colorado, as well as Beaver Creek, Colorado, Fort Collins, Denver, where we just added a second show, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Troy, New York, Rochester, New York, Toronto. We just added a show at Massey Hall, which is one of the prettiest venues in the world. 
where Neil Young recorded one of his albums. Just love that place. Charlotte, North Carolina, Richmond, and Washington, D.C. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of shows. Holy cow. We're, uh, we're about to add another city. We're working on it. Where There's like an uh, extraordinary amount of feedback that I left out a few cities in <laughs> my comments on Instagram. So we're working on adding some. Join the mailing list and you will be the first to know if and when we announce those shows. Today on the podcast, we have Todd Barry. Todd, um, like I said, has a whole bunch of specials, including the new special, Domestic Short Hair, on YouTube. We have a great chat today about his crowd work and how when I was first doing comedy in New York, people would accuse me of sounding like Todd Barry. That was like a big part of my life. <laughs> like 20, 20 something years ago, people would be like, you sound like Todd Barry. And I had to be like, oh, okay, well, I, I like him a lot. I don't mean to sound like him. Um, but it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's a fun chat. And uh, I think you're really gonna love it. Enjoy my chat with the great Todd Barry. You've been doing it 35 years. Yeah, it's gonna be 36 pretty soon. Unbelievable. I know, it's crazy. Gaffigan and I talked about this on this podcast. It's like, cause he's another one, 30, mm-hmm. 35 years. Like yeah. long, like yeah. to, to last in entertainment or in art right. in any sphere, yeah. three, four decades is, is, is absurd. Mm-hmm. It's an astonishing thing. And what do you think is, cause a lot of creatives listen to the podcast. Like, what do you think the key to longevity is? I think, uh, Hanging in there, not, I mean, obviously it never got too big. (laughs) I mean, I'm fine. I mean, you know, I get recognized in trains and stuff, but uh, I I think just hanging in there and and just like finding people who like you and like if there's a club doesn't use you, find the club that does use you. Right. I'm not the most prolific comic, but I do try to write as fast as I can. But yeah, I think hanging in there. And also I think I didn't, you know, I, I always felt like I had like a, I'm about to break for like 30 years. I think I'm about to break big. I'm going to go wide. And it never really happened on a massive level. But so I guess hanging in there. You opened for me. Remember that? San Francisco? Yeah. 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 No, I, I have a, not only do I remember it, but it's oh. one of the most marked things in my brain because I asked you what you thought of a joke and you were like, it's a little bit, it was, it was a new joke at the time. And you were like, it's a little hacky. And Did I, I say that? Oh yeah, my God. Yeah, but even to this day, I'm like, is it? It was just like, it was, a, it was a joke that was on my first album, which is like, I don't have a weight problem, but I am the guy who could really put the brakes on an orgy. Everyone would be like, was he invited? Why is he eating it? Pizza. I don't know why I would say that it's hacky. <laughs> you were like, it's a little hacky. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, but they, but I, I'm, I've always been self-conscious about that as an idea. But I mean, f- as weird as it sounds, it's probably a compliment that I felt comfortable enough and cared mm. enough to say that it was hacky. I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point. I felt comfortable enough to be brutally mean and <laughs> unnecessarily <laughs> tactless. Wow, I don't remember saying that. But you've always been, I mean, it wasn't malicious and right, it was right. extraordinarily like, you've always been super supportive of me, even yeah. though when I moved to New York, a lot of people, including Bill Burr, accused me of sounding like you. Yeah, I saw the clip with a video. I where, know, I did too. <laughs> where he said, what did he say? I went to see Mike Bingley in this one-man show called A, a Night with Todd Barry. Or That's right, like that. An Evening with Todd I Barry. I never saw that. I mean, I never saw your, I never felt like, oh, Mike's doing me, man. I've never felt that. 
but I'd heard about it. I did too. People people came up to me when I first moved to New York and were like, "Hey, you're doing Todd Barry?" I go, "I don't think so. I mean, I I love Todd, but I don't I don't think if anything." When I listen back to my old stuff, I'm like, eh, I got some Hedberg in there. Yeah, I mean, I mean a lot of people do Brian Regan. Yes. You hear a lot of like, eh, you know, the kind of inflection, <laughs> that wasn't really a good Brian Regan impression, but yeah, his inflection or- Yeah. But your, your vocal, your vocal tone is like, how did you find it? Like, I, like I, it's because it is very, it's so one of a kind. I mean, I honestly, I-, I kind of hate the way I've, when I listen to like my first album, which I don't really listen to my first album. It's not like, I'm going to put my first album on and kick back <laughs> a glass of juice and listen to my first album. But when I've heard clips of it for whatever reason, it's like, I go, God, did I, do I really? Because I had this whole different way of talking on stage, which I kind of, I think I've have a more natural way of talking now. God, I, I hope so. But I think when I got locked into jokes, yeah. I would do this kind of inflection and this yeah. cadence. Um, but it was never something, only until some people started doing impressions of me to my face. Yeah. Did I think, oh shit, is there something going on with the way I talk? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. But I've never, I've never like said, here's the way I'm going to talk on stage. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your... You invented crowd work. I invented crowd work and- um, And then what happened? Also music. I <laughs> uh, so if we can get anything for the record. Uh, I invented storytelling. You invented storytelling. <laughs> that's what I forgot. Yeah, that's true, you did. I didn't invent that one. Mm-hmm. I was the second person to do storytelling. <laughs> but, um, no, but clearly like you got, you were way ahead of the, the crowd work curve. It yeah, was special yeah. in 2014. Yeah. That's all crowd work and it's hilarious. And now it is- like the thing of social media. I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess we could talk about that, but uh, you don't want to talk about. It? I do. Well, no, we should talk about. It. I just don't want to slag anyone, but uh, I guess I could slag a concept and not individual. Yeah, I don't. I think, I, I think it's. I don't think. I mean, I even though like even now I'm on this half crowd work, half jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still like. I feel like I see comics doing crowd work. I, like if I do a bar show and some younger comic starts just going, I, I start crying. I mean, I just, <laughs> I mean, I don't literally start crying, but I just feel like, cause you're sitting there like they're talking, they tell a joke and like, they think they have to stop and go, hey, what about you? Hey, yeah. what about you? What about this couple? And it's like, you're wasting your time on stage, man. Yeah. I mean, if you wanna be, if you're ex- exceptionally good at it and you love, or if you just like doing it, you should do it. But I feel like there's people who think they have to do it. And that's when it, that's when I think is a problem. My estimation of why it works so well when you do it is that you're you're not doing the the standard questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I start with like, "What do you do?" Yeah, what do you do? But right. Where you I try from? to take it in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you're having like a real conversation yeah, with a, the audience. Yeah, I try to get be curious and yeah. And I also like if someone's not into it, I I back off. I mean, that happened to me the other night and. Some city where she's like, I'd rather not do this. Like, let's not do this though. <laughs> <laughs> let's not do this. Yeah. I respect you, but you are sitting in the front row at a crowd work show. Your persona on stage is more hyper confident. Yeah. But like in real life, I know you on and off stage, like you're not a wildly confident bravado person. No, no, I'm, I'm kind of a, no, I'm, I'm all talk, was what they said. <laughs> I think that's what you're trying to say. I'm all talk. No, uh, no, I don't walk like, the walk. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there is, 
there's times when I, yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure you've had it too, where you're getting mad on stage and you're like, I just said something to a kind of a big guy that I would not normally, <laughs> fuck did I, what am I, you know, you're just yeah. kind of like getting visibly angry or or maybe actually attack them on some level. But yeah, there is that. I mean, I think uh, you kind of need it to go up there and do something as ridiculous as what we do, you know. Like an absurd amount of confidence. Yeah, or at least fake it, yeah. 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 Off stage, what are you most confident about and least confident about? Ooh, wow, this is getting, now we're getting deep. Um, I mean, I'm confident that I'm pretty funny, I yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, and then least confident, oh shit. I mean, there's, you know, certain, I can be socially awkward, I think. Yeah. Um, Like right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, second part of your question this is, answer is, is this, about. is this, is the hemming and hawing. One of the, I feel like one of the things you're known for, and it's the reason why I think when I moved to New York, people are like, hey, you sound like Tiberi. It's your voice is so specific. Yeah. And like when you were starting out, who were you inspired by? Like, did you go like see everybody? I would go see a lot of people and I would go to open mic nights and kind of watch and, but I, it's, it's weird, I've, I've never, it never occurred to me until at some point when it really occurred to me that I wanted to be a comedian. Yeah. Like I was always being funny, like even when I was in bands, I would, they would have to, you know, take the mic between songs and yeah. banter and, but I never said, I wanna be a stand-up comic. And then just, I watched this open mic night I guess a few times and it's just in Florida back then in the late eighties, you could just call up, you know, they have, hey, I want to do your Sunday open mic night. And they go, yeah. yeah, we got a slot and then boom, you're a comedian. I mean, you're wow. an open mic or at least. And they would also do the show during the regular, like one day of the week when the the headliner was there also. So it'd be part of the headlining show, the open mic night, so. See, that's like, it's a very different thing than today because like I feel like people ask me this a lot and I'm sure they ask you a lot like young comics like what do I do there's only you know there's a hundred people at the open mic you know what I mean seven slots or whatever yeah. and it's like what would you do if you were coming up now I don't know because I mean I know I've I guess I've maybe done a handful of New York open mics where you're like oh I'm performing for 12 people who are waiting to perform right and like one weird local loner guy right but so and that could go either way because either you get the <laughs> like the comic supportive laugh or you get iced out because <laughs> yes. that's they're just jealous or not jealous or just they don't want to be supportive or they're just like the way i would probably be which is not laughing a lot right but i mean i guess there's enough bar shows where which aren't really like open mics you still what's interesting is you still do bar shows like you i mean yeah lately especially because of this trying to get some more material for this tour. And I, and it's like, there's places like I could walk to, go on and maybe they're not electric, Yeah, but they're sitting there. Right. And, and cause I feel like Gaffigan's like that too. I don't know if he still Similar. is like that. No, I think he is. Or he just, yeah, I'll go on. <laughs> yeah. What, six people? Yeah, let, let's do this, you know. I think I, I think I have that in common with you, which is like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what the conditions are. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly like doing the bell house when it's packed is amazing. Yeah. And it's and doing a bar show maybe on somewhere in Brooklyn or Lower East Side or something might not be amazing. But if you get if something comes out, you yeah, know, you fix something, fix a line or two. Do you listen back? Do you record on, on your phone and listen you know, back? I uh <laughs> <sighs> 
if you want to sit here for 30 hours, we can listen to the ones that I haven't listened to yet. <laughs> but I mean, I, it's funny though, because when I, when I first started, I, you know, I used to drive to West Palm from my Broward County home. It's one of the three clubs that I worked at to do open mics. And I would, you know, you recorded on a cassette tape and I couldn't wait to listen to the cassette yeah. in the car. Like now they'll, they couldn't imagine wanting to listen to a tape of my set. Like, yeah. And it's kind of sad in a way because you're just so excited that you got laughs. Yeah. But now it's like, yeah, I've gotten plenty of laughs. Yeah. <laughs> what's the, uh, what's a town that you feel like people don't realize is a great town? Um, I feel like, you know, I, I went to my first trip to Dayton, Ohio. I don't know yeah. if people know, have an opinion about Dayton, but I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I think Dayton's fantastic. And uh, Pittsburgh, I think used to, I mean- if, yeah, Pittsburgh's great. Yeah, it used to be sort of a punchline for people. Like, oh, Pittsburgh, like, it's like, and then I went to Pittsburgh, like, this place is beautiful. Those are two that I really like. You know, I always say like, it's, I love Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah, Iowa City. Yeah, Iowa City's great. Yeah, that's a good one. I think the thing that I feel like I've experienced from touring the country is like, there's great folks everywhere. Absolutely. You know, people just think like, it's the only thing that counts is New York, San Francisco, Chicago. And it's like, that's really limited. And it's also yeah inaccurate. And as you said, there's great people everywhere. So you could be super far left. And also I don't do political stuff. So I yeah. conceivably make right-wingers laugh also Yeah, with my, uh, my cat jokes. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, there's nice people everywhere, and you get a crowd of people who like what you do, and they're they're like, oh yeah, we're we're here and we're supportive, and yeah. You, you by the way got softened by your cat. I did. I used to have, <laughs> have such an edge to me, man. <laughs> you named your cat after me. I, I did. It's my it's uh, it's Mike Berbiglia. <laughs> my cat's name is Mike, literally named after you, first and last name. Now, how do you pronounce it? It's different oh, than it's Michaeline. Michaeline. Michaeline, yeah. Michaeline, Why, yeah. where'd the name come from? I, it's what she had at the ASPCA and I just remember seeing her and I thought, I was like, that's kind of a pretty name. I never heard it before. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to name her like, you know, Dr. Bubbles or something, or I yeah. hope that's not your cat's name. <laughs> Mr. Mustache. <laughs> <laughs> One of my cats is Mr. Mustache. Seriously? Yes. Oh shit. <laughs> Oh well. Precious and Mr. Mustache. Oh, well. I guess we're gonna you're gonna turn the recorder off now. <laughs> <laughs> Things were going well until you insulted Mr. my cat. Bubbles. <laughs> Support for working out comes from Aura Frames. We all love taking photos on our phones, right? but there's so many of them. Hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of photos wasting away in your camera roll. Stop scrolling through so many photos, start putting them to good use with a unique stylish digital picture frame from Aura Frames. I got one of them right by my bedside. It's like a slideshow of photos that I really like from my, of my family that sort of scrolls through on this little frame, this little picture frame, I love it. Free unlimited storage, you can add unlimited photos and videos, invite as many people as you want to a frame. There are absolutely no hidden fees or subscriptions and it's private. You have complete control over who has access to your frame. Right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code WIO. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, code 
WIO, terms and conditions apply. Support for Mike Birbiglia's Working It Out comes from Helix Sleep. Helix has been with this podcast from the very beginning. We are huge Helix mattress fans over here. Let me tell you a few things that are great about Helix Sleep mattresses. They are fiberglass free. Unlike other brands, Helix mattresses do not contain fiberglass, which can be harmful to your health. As you may have seen in the news or on social media, there have been a number of health issues and lawsuits related to fiberglass and mattresses. You know, actually, I used to to have a mattress that was pure fiberglass. It was just, it was literally a bed of fiberglass. No longer. I sleep on Helix mattresses, which are fiberglass free. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash burbigs. That's helixsleep.com slash burbigs. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. No, now. This is uh, this is the thing we do called the slow round. Is okay. there a time that you remember running away, physically running away from something? Lightning makes me run. Lightning. Lightning, yeah, you know, from the sky. So you've well, seen lightning and jogged away. And run, yeah. I've run when I'm with people. I'll be like, gotta go. And run. <laughs> and then, so you know, with, friends, with... Who, friends of mine know that I'm, I have that, so they're usually pretty supportive. But uh... So you saw lightning. You're with people. Yeah. They all see it. You jog away. Yeah, yeah. To, in, to indoors? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not. To, no, I grab a piece of metal and I stand on the street. Yeah, yeah, indoors. Yeah, so uh, I do. I do the. I know the old indoors trick. <laughs> um, is, is there a song that makes you cry? Oh yeah, yeah. I I. There's. Uh, we were talking about REM earlier, and uh, there's a song called "Good Advices" mm. on their Fables of the Reconstruction album that fucking messes me up. And, oh, interesting. But there's a number of songs that. And also Wendell G on that album that, oh, that can back to back that sometimes if I, I don't know. Yeah, they can, those can make me cry. What do you think? I have a bunch of R.E.M. songs that make me cry too. What, what do you think gets you about those two songs? Well, it's, it's kind of, yeah, like I don't even know what the songs are about. <laughs> right. Like I don't even, couldn't even tell you, maybe I might even tell you the words to them. I have no idea what they're about, but I guess it's just the chords and yeah. the, and the, the melody and it just fucking crushes me sometimes. Yeah, it's a song by Magnetic Field, "Save a Secret for the Moon." Yeah, that's that, that'll that'll mess me up a little bit. Wow. I mean, I've never cried, Mike. <laughs> I, I was testing you. I've never cried. This is like my very own crowd work right here. <laughs> <laughs> Who cries? I've never cried. Real men don't no, cry. I've never cried either. I'm only asking for. You cry else. on planes ever? Gosh, yeah, I have. I'm more susceptible to crying on air, uh, watching movies on planes. People, yeah, I mean, you ever cry at a commercial? Yeah. I did once, man. I was just, I couldn't believe how, it just like, because I've always heard, oh, that's a Ford commercial made me cry. Like, well, fucking, it's, it's 20 seconds, calm down. Yeah. And then this commercial, I don't remember what it was for, but it was just this guy who was clearly dying, dancing with his partner. Yeah. And it was just like, oh. Fuck. Yeah. It crushed me. Oh. You were in <laughs> You were in Hedberg's movie. I was, yeah, yeah. Which is like almost like a fabled 
story at this point, the right. existence of that movie. Right, because it's still like, it still hasn't come out. <laughs> hasn't come out. No. It's called Los Enchiladas. Yeah, right? yeah. It's about, and it's based on him working at a restaurant, I think, right. for a bunch of years yeah. as a cook. And then he made this movie and and you're 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 in it. Like, I want to say a tells in it. Like a, a, might be, a yeah. bunch of a bunch of notable comedians are in it. Did you like Mitch directing you? Yeah, it was fine. I, I do remember about that. I had this kind of funny feeling because I did it. I flew to Minneapolis the day after I did Letterman. Oh wow! And I just remember you having my first meal there in in Minneapolis at some sort of not great restaurant. I'm eating chicken fingers. I'm like, I was fucking on Letterman last night. You're <laughs> <laughs> sitting there alone. And you're like, I was literally a guest on the late show with David Letterman, the very popular show. I was a guest on. I did stand in jokes that I wrote. You're like eating your chicken fingers like alone. I think, I think that is like stand-up comedy in a nutshell as a career. Yeah, yeah. There's a great scene. Do you see that Radiohead documentary? No. There's one, there's, it's, I forgot what it's called, people, something with people in it. But there's a great scene in there, which is really a good sort of show business nutshell where they come off stage and there's, you know, this crowd's going apeshit, but they're in an argument about something. Oh. So they're sitting there and they're arguing while this crowd is going apeshit. Oh my gosh, yes, it's that's like, great. Like, it's like, it's not even enough to smooth things over. That's so profound. Yeah, yeah it's pretty, it's kind of like, I mean, not that, I'm not saying showbiz isn't fun, but it does, it's not. There's a romanticized version of it that. Well, yeah, certainly you don't. When you see the comedian on Letterman show, you know, or or now, you know, the Tonight Show or Kimmel, you don't imagine that the next day right. they're in a they're in CVG Airport yeah, yeah. in Ohio, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and right. they're like, you know struggling with their bags and one of the wheels is broken. Yeah, but doing those shows is kind of like, it, there is like this, you build it up so much and then you kind of, in four and a half minutes, it's over and then you're kind of like, All right, I guess something. What was the thing that you've done in your career where you're like, I cannot believe I'm doing this right now? I mean, I can't, I guess the wrestler, doing the wrestler Do with was- Darren Aronofsky, yeah. That was pretty surreal because going to the Venice Film Festival- Yes. It was, you know, on my own dime. Was uh, <laughs> on my own dime. That's a hilarious joke from your special. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just agreed with your compliment. <laughs> I thought you were saying it's a joke from my special. I missed hilarious and now I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious, Mike. <laughs> That's why I put it on the special. That's why you're here today for me to say back your jokes to you, say they're hilarious but and yeah, then you agree. But that was a surreal experience where it was like, yeah. You're going in a motorcade to watch a movie you were in. And that movie, The Wrestler, had a lot of hype in the sense of like it was a, it was not only a Darren Aronofsky movie, but it was like the comeback of mm -hmm. Mickey. Right, right, right. Where it's like he hadn't done stuff in a long time. And, yeah, yeah. And so it was a kind of a triumph. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool to be in it. What's What's the reverse of that? What's the What's the time where you thought like this is just not worth it? Oh, I mean. Just times I've bombed on, you know, bombing, just like I bombed on TV twice. Yeah. Uh, Did you really? Yeah, I would say. Well, one was a Conan, my second Conan, which was had big pockets of silence in it. And I just- <laughs> Big pockets of silence. I had just run the set like the night before a few times and it was killed. And then just, it was like, oh, and I was like, <laughs> that was, I do feel like I came, I'm surprised I came across unscathed because they, they guess they just knew enough that, 
yeah, it just didn't work tonight that they didn't like ban me from the show and I you know, ended up keep doing the show. I did Kimmel once and it was like that where I came off and and you don't know who to trust. You go like, did that go okay? Yeah. And everyone's like, that went great. And I'm like, I don't think it went great. I did a show, it's like live at the comedy store in London and they, they, they got us there early to do a sound check. I did the sound check. Then I'm going on like 12th and they've been there for hours. Yeah. And the MC who, I don't think he meant any harm by this at all, but he was just like, our next act is gonna, you're gonna notice that he's from a different place when he starts talking or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> maybe don't say that. <laughs> don't lay the, maybe that as ground. Say that. Maybe that's the ground. <laughs> so I go up there and then of course, now they're just like listening for the, <laughs> and I was fucking. Like that's your hook. It was a, I was realized I was bombing and I just was like, I'm gonna just play to the camera. I told him I'm gonna play to the camera and act like I'm killing. Yeah. And I finished the set and I was like, oh, just like act like I was killing. But then these, all these comics came up to me after like, that's gonna cut well, they're gonna edit that. <laughs> when they edit that, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> it's kind of nice to have the sport, but I mean, that's also like every one of them has been there on some level, so. But it was also the thing where people couldn't, then someone said, we couldn't hear you. It's like, I did a sound check. <laughs> I mean, it's not there. They probably, <laughs> sound was probably bad. I mean, but just like, how often do you do a sound check for a TV show? And then, yeah. Do you feel like you're still learning as a comedian? Yeah, I mean, I do like to like occasionally go see a stand-up. Like it's usually, I mean, the one who I've seen the most in New York is Doug Stanhope when he comes down. I'll just go sit in the audience. I don't really watch a lot of stand-ups like yeah. when I'm in a club with them. I yeah. guess if I'm just kind of waiting for them, waiting to go on, I do, but I don't sit down. So, I mean, I often like to just watch someone and go, oh, that's that's what I do. That's kind of cool. Just right. like in general, that's what I do. And or just seeing what they can get away with or what, oh, they're talking about this pretty dark subject Yeah, and they're pulling it off. But I have that, the two people I try to see when they're in town are Maria Bamford and Doug yeah, Stanhope. Uh, yeah, those, she's, she's- The two of them. She's just, from another planet, good, yeah. man. Yeah, Doug, and Doug is amazing because, I mean, both of them are amazing because they're fearless. Yeah, yeah. And Doug is amazing, I think, because he's 100% willing to lose the audience. Like watching Stanhope, watching Bamford, there's a, there's a few people who you watch and you go like, oh yeah, I, I could learn from that. Yeah, or sometimes it's just like, not to be faux humble, but you just like, oh, man, I I ain't doing that. I, I wish <laughs> yes. I was, but I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's next level shit. And it, it is inspiring in a way, like, it's like, why don't I try to do that? Right. Well, not that I'm gonna act to like Maria Bamford's style act, but. Right. But her level of like, just quality is just, and interestingness. <laughs> what was your, um, what was your first job? Job job? Job job, yeah. Um, that was at a country club in Tamarack, Florida, kind of maintaining the clay tennis courts. Like you drag them, you would get a golf cart with a brush behind it. Yeah. Just kind of drive. And I remember it paid three fifty an hour, which was like well above minimum wage. Oh wow. Which was a long time ago. Wow. So that I think that was my first job. And then I worked at McDonald's. Yeah. Do you work at McDonald's? I never worked at McDonald's. Really? I worked at Super Stop and Shop as a bagger. All right, yeah. I worked at Albertsons. <laughs> as a bagger? Yeah. I think it's the only place I got fired from. Did you get fired? What'd you get fired for? I, it was nothing like I did something. I think I had to go on vacation or I had to go away. And when I came back, I didn't have a job. So mm. 
I guess that's fired. But. Did you ever get fired? I've never talked to anybody as a comic who's been fired. Have you been fired off a week? I Yeah, I was about to bring that up. When you, <laughs> when you started that question, I go, I wonder if he's about to ask this. I um I was opening for Paul Mooney at uh at Caroline's oh, wow. and you know it was it wasn't like I wasn't being hated but I certainly wasn't being loved yeah and it wasn't like oh this crowd's turning on me but it was clearly I wasn't there they I wasn't what they wanted before yeah and I just remember the Booker um remember Jocelyn yeah. Yeah, she kind of just came up to me. And I was like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> kind of just, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I know, Todd. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, ah. I don't even think she had to say this yeah, isn't working out. I wasn't like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Yeah, let's let's." Oh my god. So I guess in that sense, I was fired. Did they pay you out? I don't remember. <laughs> I know. I'm always really. I'm always pretty diligent about making sure I get paid out. But they probably they may probably did. The the crazy thing that you and I probably have in common because we worked Carolines uh-huh. a lot in, in that era was prom shows. You probably did prom oh, shows. God, I, I did prom shows. That was a, a a milestone for me when I said no more prom shows. <laughs> I'm going to give context to the yeah, listeners. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is the thing that I don't even think people can comprehend. Yeah, which is at comedy clubs in New York City. There was a period of time, and maybe that period of time still exists, where the grownups. We're trying to come up with something for their high school prom kids uh-huh. to go to that and didn't involve drinking. Perfect idea. Yeah. Comedy, comedy nightclub. And yeah. so, and so you and I both were would be booked on these shows where we're essentially performing for 16-year-olds who like don't want to be there. And also you would, you would go on at like three o'clock in the morning or something. But literally your spot time, you get an email that said 3 a.m. Right. And or even later. Sometimes the spot time would say spot 3 30 a.m. Yeah, 3.45 yeah. a.m. And you're like, it is, yeah, it's kind of like there are those times where you're like, wow, I where you just go, I gotta say yes to everything. Yeah. And then I do remember like just doing one in particular where they're just like, I'm getting sh- they're yelling shit. It's like I'm getting yelled at by a 17-year-old <laughs> who took a, a limo here. <laughs> And like for $75, I mean, actually that sounds pretty good. (laughs) Hey friends, this is a little shout out to my cats, Precious and Mr. Mustache. (laughs) That is, is for them. Those are my two cats. I love my pets. I know you love your pets too. And today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. They offer customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you and me to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. 
To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash WIO for working it out. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash WIO. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash WIO. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Support for Working It Out comes from Viore. Viore is a clothing company that draws inspiration from the coastal California lifestyle. I was thrilled that they were willing to be a sponsor because I could just talk about how soft and comfortable their clothing is all the time. I mean, I'll read the stuff they told me to say. It's uh, It inspires others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it does that. But also, my experience is it's very, very comfortable. Viore offsets 100% of their carbon footprint. And since 2019, they've also offset 100% of their plastic footprint. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off. Ooh, that's good. Your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable, versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash burbigs. That's viore.com slash burbigs. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping. What? Free shipping on any U.S. orders over 75 bucks and free returns. That's viore.com slash Burbigs, discover the versatility of Viore clothing. So you want bits that you, you can help me with? Or yeah, theoretically, yeah. All right, well, one I've been doing that I've been kind of pulling off is a true story about I was on a flight, to, I think it was to Hawaii, and it was like 10 hours, and the guy sitting in front of me every five minutes wrapped both his hands around the back of a seat. <laughs> okay. And he was blocking my screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of like... <laughs> and I'm not like a confrontational person, especially I have no idea what's on the other side. And he kept doing it. And then I was like, oh, I guess... And I, I said, well, I may, at least I can get a picture of this for Instagram. Because <laughs> he's like literally these fingers over the screen. And I said, I'll, you know, I'll come up with a caption like blocking my view of 500 days of summer <laughs> and it kept happening kept happening the flight eventually lands the doors open paramedics rush on no. and start treating this guy he'd no. been in some sort of agony the whole time no. and then i oh i mean i ended by saying but god. there's a happy ending i didn't post the picture oh my god but it was it was that's a twisty one yeah yeah that's a great that's a great bit I mean, have you done it on stage? Yeah, I've done it. And I've gotten it closer because at first it was hard to sort of explain what the guy's doing. But then I just said, you know, he wrapped his hands around the right, back of the seat. Right, you do the physicality. And then I said, he blocked my screen. Because just saying, I didn't know that they would understand that block my screen. I would always be like, well, at the beginning, I was like, you know, there's a TV on the seat. Net, and then it gets all clunky. Right. I just blocked my screen. And they always figured out. I guess they know what I'm talking about. But yeah, so there's that one. That's a great. That's a great bit. I feel like... What I, I mean, it's like the reason why I like your, all your joke writing. It's like, it's such an economical picture. Yeah. Like we, we get the whole story. Yeah. Essentially of like five hours condensed into like four sentences. Yeah. And it has so many turns to it. Yeah. I, I was pretty happy that I was able to pull that one off. And because I thought this one's going to be too rough to, rough to make clear. And, and then, and I sort of figured it out on some level. I guess it's pretty much done. 
Yeah. Unless you got anything for me. No, I mean, I, I mean, I guess the question is like, if it's just, it's like what we were talking about earlier, like storytelling versus like short jokes is like, yeah. you could extrapolate the whole thing out and have it be longer and go through your thought process through the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it because there it is a full long story. Uh-huh. But as it is, it's so strong. Yeah. It's interesting that audiences I found I haven't done a ton of times. They'll either be like, they'll once I say that paramedics are out, they'll be like, oh right. Or they'll start laughing. And I don't know which is better for my punchline, but right. it's kind of cool when I, they are upset and then I go, no, this, this is a happy ending. I, I didn't post the picture. Right. <laughs> uh, there's that one. You want more? Do I you... love that. Yeah, hit me with more and then I'll, I'll throw some in mind. Um, was one, uh, I, I guess sort of working where I, I went to join a gym and I, I was taking a tour of a gym and the guy, you know, those people are always I, Weasley, salespeople and, and he's like he's like oh, we have 12 different locations every location has a pool except this one and i was like i'm sorry what was that <laughs> <laughs> yeah every location has a pool except this one and i was just like you're just so you're just telling me great stuff that's at other gyms there's <laughs> a great there's a great uh, gym in san diego that has nine <laughs> pools uh you're not going there either but you are going to the worst location of this, pool, <laughs> of this gym and then I do a thing about how he uh, he um, there was taken in the cubicle to seal the deal, you know. And he's like, "Yeah, this pre-printed list of membership plans, like nine hundred dollars." He takes a pen and crosses it out, right? Seven hundred. Oh my god! Like I'm yes. supposed to go. Oh my god! Are there cameras in this place? <laughs> you just acted on a crazy impulse. <laughs> like, like, how stupid do you think? I, but it kind of ends with, I'm just out of shape. I'm also stupid. Oh That's a little God. Brian Regan-y, but. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess that one, it's not much more to that one. But. Yeah. No, that's the thing that's crazy about gyms is that is that in my, yeah in my adult life I've realized that gyms are the used car salesmen. Oh yeah, they're um, definitely yeah. Because even if you sit there and they're like, you're like I don't know. And it's like it's like twelve hundred dollars and and if you want some sessions, it's a nine hundred extra. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, I'll give you the sessions for free. Oh, okay, that didn't take much. <laughs> I'm glad I hesitated four <laughs> seconds. <laughs> and then That's you kind really of then funny. you fucking once you sign up, you go. What if I just kept going? What right, if I just walked? Right. I'd be like. But yeah. it's like you need to go into gym negotiation with like nothing to lose. Right, right. Like it's almost like you need to yeah, go this into gym's so yeah. close to my apartment. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, totally. But yeah, it's kind of like, can't you just tell me, give me a price and we'll do we'll do it that way? It's yeah. Like, it's a little dance we're doing. But yeah. you got some. Um, this is the thing about I was in a hotel and I was watching an ad for heartburn medication and all I could think was that pizza looks so good. <laughs> I got to get some of that heartburn medication oh. brand pizza. Heart. I don't know if that's what they're getting at, but I was sold. <laughs> so you're saying the heartburn commercial made you hungry for yeah, pizza? Yeah, it did. Yeah, and so, it, it's based on a true experience. I was like, oh yeah, that looks that's good. Fun. It's like, it's like the heartburn's just part of the deal. Yeah, I might get heartburn, but it's, yeah. I get pizza and heartburn. And then I say, I'm always shocked when I see pizza, uh, ads for pizza. Because I feel like we're we're sold 
on pizza. Like I think that all they need is just a, a half second of screen time that says, remember pizza. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about pizza. I love it. <laughs> and uh, and then I, I, I said, there's no ads for good pizza. Good pizza is confident in their work. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's true. They're like, we're, yeah, we're, people will show up. We did the work. It's kind of like the restaurants where they have like a barker outside. We're yeah. like, come on in. You're like, you can't be a good restaurant. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, I go, there's no... There's no ads for good things in general. There's no ads for Paris, but there are ads for New Hampshire. <laughs> come to New Hampshire, we got bad pizza. See, if that were my joke, I'd be like, you never see an ad for my comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, that's my style. Um, this is a completely just a premise, but I feel like people are can be pretty forgiving unless they think you're cutting a line. <laughs> that's so funny then, then there's no mercy like because i remember times there's times i've been like because sometimes you go like a coffee shop and you see people standing like i can't tell if they're waiting for their order or they have an order yeah and if you make the move yeah it's like all right this yeah it's gonna be all right yeah Made mistake yeah uh, not out to, uh, that's i don't know if there's a joke there but no i think that that's I, that's an example of like the punchline is so strong that it's like I don't know how you follow it. Oh, you know what I mean? Just like the cutting the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such uh, a great. It's such an immediately identifiable right. tr truism. Yeah, we'll put that. That's backburnering that one. Backburner. You got more. I'm, I well, I'll say this, which is that I'm, I'm intimidated. Like you're throwing jokes at me, and they're great. I'm intimidated by adding jokes because I feel like you. Like you're such a veteran, like brilliant joke writer that I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to well, like no, try no, to pitch you, on this. You can do that. You know what I mean? Yes. Though? I mean, I, I wouldn't let anyone do it, but I would let you do that. Oh, I um, I wrote this. My wife and I do a lot of sexting. The other night, she wrote the ants in the kitchen attack the English muffins, <laughs> and I wrote, man, I want to fuck you. And she wrote, I'm going to freeze the pumpernickel, and I knew what she meant. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it's a fun one that's funny uh yeah she literally sent me a video and maybe i'll include this she literally sent me a video today of um ants on the honey on the honey that i just bought for, for my <laughs> for my tea it was a video a video it was like there's an ants and she wrote there's an ants party it's also funny like the I'm glad, like, I was, I would have thought you were lying about that. Like, <laughs> like she's, here's evidence. Oh my God. Uh. So the last thing we do on the show is, is working out for a cause. Oh yeah. Where if you have a nonprofit that you like to contribute to, we will contribute to them. With the Israel-Gaza conflict, Doctors Without Borders, which is, I know it's not the most... That's a great one. Left field one, but That's they great. apparently do great Doctors work. Doctors Without Borders. So, so why That's not? great. Yeah, let's do So that. we'll contribute to Doctors Without Borders. We'll link to them in the show notes, encourage people to contribute as well. And uh, I can't recommend all your specials that yeah, are on the YouTube. Newest one is, uh, the new one is, is called Domestic Short Hair. It's on YouTube for free. For free. Thanks for having me. I've wanted to do this for a while. You know, I, I waited so long to do this podcast. I've, I've worked everything out. <laughs> is, that making, is that funny? It's called working it out, right? Yeah, yeah, it's called working it out. You got me too late. I've already like worked it. it all out. All right, you don't have to add that. I like it. That could be a bonus track. Working it out, because it's not done. 
We're working it out because there's no That's going to do it for another episode of Working It Out. I love that Todd Berry, his latest comedy special, Domestic Short Hairs, on YouTube for free. You can follow him on Instagram at at, at Todd Berry. You can watch the full video of this interview on my YouTube channel, at Mike Birbiglia. Check that out and subscribe because we're going to be posting more and more videos. Our producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Peter Salamone and Joseph Birbiglia, associate producer Mabel Lewis, consulting producer Seth Barish, assistant producers Gary Simons and Lucy Jones. Sound mix by Ben Cruz. Supervising engineer Kate Belinsky. Special thanks to Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Hopfall, as well as David Raphael and Nina Quick. Mike Consiglieri's Mike Berkowitz. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for the music. Of course, my wife, the poet Jay Hope Stein. Special thanks, as always, to our daughter, Una, who built the original radio fort made of pillows. Thanks most of all to you who are listening. If you're enjoying the show, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps out the show. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. You know, we talked about cats on this episode. And uh, maybe you're maybe you're at the local animal shelter and you're about to adopt a cute little cat and all of a sudden your enemy is there and they want to adopt the same cat. Well, here's the trick. You distract them. You go, hey, before you adopt that cat, maybe you should check out this podcast where creatives talk about their, their process and they work out new material. <laughs> then they'll look at their phone and start to download episodes. And while they're doing that, you adopt the cat. Then you will have the cat and they will have a new podcast to enjoy. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>